All right, welcome back to another episode of the 215 Seamer Podcast this week. We are pleased to be joined by Joe Miller. Joe is a PCL champion, a first-team All-PCL selection, a first-team All-City selection, a second-team All-State selection, a 2019 CPL All-Star, the 2021 CPL Pitcher of the Year, 2022 first-team All-Ivy League, and the 11th round draft pick of the Detroit Tigers. Joe, thanks for joining us. No problem. I appreciate you guys guys having me on. Yeah. um, Dylan, you want to start us off here? Sure. Yeah, Joe. Good to meet you. Thanks for coming on. Congrats on being drafted. So I'm curious. I know like right after you're drafted, you go to this kind of like post-draft training camp in Florida. After kind of going through that, what do you think are – like the biggest adjustments you're going to have to make on pro ball? Um, it's definitely like a different lifestyle now. I guess you get the sense that like it's your job now, which I kind of mm-hmm. like, and I, I enjoy that aspect of it. Um, so like I have a lot more time to practice or focus on baseball. Like my free time, I don't have to worry about school or anything like that, mm-hmm. I guess. So that's like a good thing to have, like a good adjustment, I guess. But um. I think just coming into you realize that, you know, like you're new to the system or something like I'm not going back to Penn where everyone knows me or all the coaches know me in a way. And I've been there for a couple of years, you know, you still have to prove yourself and, and work up the ranks. So I'd say that's probably the, the big adjustment or, or thing that's new for me so far. What's uh, where are you now? Are you still in that kind of camp or are you reporting to a team soon? Yeah, so I'm in Florida now. That's where I I left like two days after the draft. Um, at like the spring training complex here. It's in Lakeland, Florida. Um, and a couple guys are starting to go play for some affiliated teams. But I'm pitching my first game here tomorrow, actually. Um, and it's just like at the rookie ball, like low level that they have here. Mm-hmm. Um, we're actually against the uh, Phillies tomorrow, which is pretty, which is pretty yeah. cool. But um. Uh, so hopefully like I'll throw a couple of times here the rookie ball, rookie ball season's over in like a week and a half. So then hopefully to get out and like start moving up and go to some higher affiliates and everything. But just for now, it's been, I've been here for like three weeks or whatever, just kind of training and they've been kind of getting us used to how things work. Do they like, as soon as you go in, cause I know pitchers have, you know, pretty tight routines and obviously there's things that you work on over the course of your collegiate career, but are they, are they kind of assessing or is it like right away? Do you have your pitching coach working with you on stuff? Uh, it's a little bit of both. I think it definitely like depends on organization organization so far, but I think the big thing for a lot of the pitchers since I've got here has been just kind of like collecting data, like teams use so yeah. much data and analytics and stuff like that now. So like we have a, like a cage here that has a bunch of like force plates and a bunch of technology and stuff. And they want everyone to throw on that before, like they throw in a game so they can know, you know, like what kind of pitches you throw, how they want to call them or or use certain ones and certain things they want to work on. So it's a lot of like screening and stuff, but they also have like their drills or their plans and stuff that they're kind of like slowly implementing on guys, but it's definitely a mix of both. That's super cool. I love that you guys have like force plates and you know the latest tech, <laughs> yeah. as you would. I mean, clearly. Oh, uh, I just got one more for you. I remember, correct me if I'm wrong, you were talking about in an interview, really that kind of increased use of off speed of like slider and curveball led to a lot of your success. How did that 
kind of happened over, over the course of your career? Um, I guess like when I got to Penn, I didn't really have a great breaking ball and our pitching coach there, uh, coach Schwartz helped me out a lot. Like started throwing a slider and a curveball, So like differentiating between the mm-hmm. two. Um, and I guess like, as I went and just throughout like the years in college, just having time to just practice and work on it and keep throwing it is what helped it get better. Um, I think like my slider got a lot better towards the end of the season this year, which I started throwing a lot. And then I threw a lot during the summer, which I think helped me out a lot and been throwing a lot since I've been here too. It's kind of been like my go-to pitch, but I think just like taking time, like, you know, like it's not something that happened or like, you're not going to like, find a new grip, throw it overnight, and it's your best pitch now. Like, I think it takes some time, and I think that's kind of what it was for me. Cool, man. So uh, I'm going to jump in here, Dylan, if you got uh, everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm going to jump in here. You obviously <laughs> talked a lot about developing pitches and everything that they have for you down at the facility there. Um, mm-hmm. Just curious how much, uh, at least in your opinion, how much of pitching is mental, you would say? I think a big part of it's mental, to be honest. Like, I think for me, um, if you go back and like look at my stats, my junior year in college was awful. Um, I think that was probably the point in my career where I was most, like, absorbed in all the technology and stuff like that. And looking into, like, like I guess just the different, like, pitch design things and all different kinds of workouts and stuff like that. And then when I went away that summer and played, I just kind of stopped worrying about all of that and started focusing on the mental game more. Like I never really focused on anything mental at all. Um, and I think that was like a big unlock for me. And I started pitching a lot better after that and had a lot more success. I think it was something that like maybe thought like I was too good for in a way or was like a little ignorant towards it. Like I don't need to focus on like the mental side maybe or like, but I think when you get up here too, you realize that there's a lot of other guys, um, like what, especially the guys that are like, up in the pros already that like put so much focus on the mental game. So I think that I, I think it's a huge aspect of it. Um, especially nowadays. Yeah. And you touched on your, uh, on your junior spring there a little bit, which was something I was going to ask you about. Um, so you got like what, 14 or 15 games. I don't think were they, they were non-conference games, right? Yeah. We could only play non-conference. We were actually the only team in the conference that played uh, at all. Right. So, I think your team went like six and eight or something like that. And you mm-hmm. said you didn't exactly have the spring that you wanted to have. Um, so just where were your thoughts at there? Where was your head at? Um, and was there anything good that, that did come out of that season? I would say there's, I mean, like if you just look at the stats, like it was definitely the worst like career or season I've ever had in my career so far, in, like any sport I've ever played. Um, but <laughs> I mean, the good thing coming from it, I think, was, like, retros, like, looking back at it, like, I think I learned from it well. Like, I, I handled it well. Like, I didn't, like, I think the season right after I went into summer ball was probably one of the best seasons I ever had. So, like, being able to turn it around, I think, was a good thing for me. And I think there's a lot of things that I realized that maybe I wasn't so good at that I thought I was good at, that I improved, that um, helped me out, like, through the season, the spring, and through the summer. Um, but, I mean, it was, just, it was tough because – we got to school. We thought there was like no chance we weren't going to play again, or there wasn't going to be like anything with COVID. And we got there and we were immediately like small groups. We were in like 
groups of six inside masked up. We could never practice with the team. You couldn't throw a bullpen with like a hitter, even standing in the box or swinging. So it was really different. It was really weird, especially I know like compared to what a lot of other teams are doing. Like I have friends that a lot of different schools I've met or grew up playing with um, like similar level of pen too. And like they were, you know, full on scrimmaging and stuff like that. And, it was kind of tough with how it was handled. And then they told us that the season was canceled. Um, and like, there is that ability to play non-conference games and we ended up being the only team that did it. But uh, like none of us thought that there was any chance honestly. So a bunch of guys that like went home, like I went home for like a week and was just going to train at home and just wait for like summer ball to start. But then like our coach called us like a week later and was like, Hey, I think there's a chance. So like, we didn't even know we were officially playing our first game till like two days before um, we had guys like flying back from that. had went home like a week before our first game. And I think it was just tough. Like some guys were just kind of checked out. And I like, there's like that aspect of like, we really weren't playing for anything. Like we couldn't play to, we were just playing like scrimmages pretty much against other schools, um, which was weird. And it was tough. It was like different. It was like unlike anything we've ever played in before. Um, but – and then, like, balancing just the different – like, the pressures with a lot of the rules and everything we had on. And we wouldn't know, like, week to week. Like, we would try and maybe pick up a game if someone had, like, playing a team that had COVID and they needed a new opponent. So, this is kind of all over the place. It was kind of a mess. And I think, like, I could have handled it better in the moment, like, put so much pressure on myself to perform. But I guess I'm happy it happened in a way. Right. So – Following that season, it's the most up and down season of your life. You know, you never know what's going on. You get down to the Coastal Plain League and you win Pitcher of the Year that summer. So can you just like kind of take me through that transition of you don't know what's going to happen the next day to all of a sudden you're the best pitcher in this league? I mean, I guess that was <laughs> kind of like it kind of followed the same pattern. So like I wasn't supposed to go there. Um, I was mm. supposed to go to another team in another league and like, they kind of – I don't think they kind of wanted me to come because if they probably looked at my stats and it wasn't great. So they weren't getting back to me, and I had a buddy from Penn that was going to Savannah, and uh, he texted me like four days before the season started there, probably like a week before the season started, and was like, hey, like our coaches look for pitchers. Like, do you want to come? And I didn't really have like any options. So I was like, yeah, why not? Um, and I went, and like I was a little hesitant towards that first, honestly. Like I thought I was going to – never going to be able to work on anything like baseball related. Cause like, that was like the major focus at the time. I thought I was going to be like dancing and stuff, but like 24 seven, which I did do a good amount of, but um, <laughs> it was fun. I think like being there taught me that like baseball is like a kid's game in a way and just like enjoy having fun. And I think like during my season at Penn, I was so overly stressed and like super focused on things that like didn't matter when, you know, like the lights are on and you're on the other side of the lines playing the game. Um, so I think like, I mean, the main emphasis there of like playing for the bananas is just like to have fun. And I think like, it's a very simple answer, but like, I was just, I was just having fun. And it was a great group of guys. We had some great coaches, like everyone that worked for the team was awesome. And it will definitely be like the best summer playing baseball I ever had, like all the crazy antics and everything. It's, it's real. <laughs> um, but <laughs> We put together a real good team, too. We won the championship down there. Um, so it's always, you know, 
makes it a lot better when you're playing for something and the team's playing well. But I think it was just just having fun. Yeah, so uh, talk about a fuck-up by that other team, though, not wanting you to come down. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but I got one more for you. Andrew Cassetti, your high school teammate, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm pretty sure you're good buddies with him. Uh, he was taking, <laughs> I think, like three picks ahead of you or something yeah, like that. So has, he, has he chirped you yet? Uh, just talking about how he went, how he went uh, before you. A little bit, yeah. Um, it was funny because I think we were both in like the same scenario with like rounds we could have gone in, and they're like almost like teams we were talking to too, and like we were just texting each other like the whole time, like between the three days, like what's it looking like? What's it looking like? This like he was like the first person I was talking to just because like one of my best friends and he's like been like my catcher my whole life so um we were just talking and it's crazy like sitting there following it and like I see him he like texts me and he's like I'm gonna go to the twins here he texts me I get the text like we have the draft on and like I got the call and it was kind of it was awesome like a lot of like we play on the same teams growing up and everything so like to go you know a couple picks apart was cool I mean he did get the one up on me though again going right before me but I mean it was awesome we both our families went out and got dinner that night and everything uh with some friends and it was, it was a cool moment to, to see that I bet you paid for dinner that night <laughs> I don't know about that <laughs> well uh Connor do you mind if I uh hop yeah, in no, go and ahead. ask a couple questions uh Joe congratulations once again um uh, I kind of have a couple questions about you as a player and you with the bananas and uh, just to sort of lead you in. So one for you as uh, for you on the bananas, um, what was the one thing that helped you uh, really progress from that not so great season into uh, becoming the best pitcher in that league and eventually getting drafted? Was there something that you particularly worked on um, while having the uh, advantage of work being on a team and playing throughout the summer? Um, I guess most of it was honestly like mental in a way, like the, like just having fun or just like, uh, I think this like the mindset, like there wasn't really any like thing like mechanical or like pitch, like started using different pitches or anything like that, but I changed. I think like physically and like just me as a pitcher, was the same person it was the same thing I think just I was in a way better place mentally um my coach there one of the coaches I had there like kind of got me on meditating a little bit so I got in that I think that helped me out a lot um there are a couple guys on the team that did it too so they like helped me out with it or kind of like introduced me to it um so I think that was like a big thing but it was just all it was like and I'm looking back at it more like the more and more it makes sense to me of like my mindset during that uh, spring, my junior year, was just, like, it was all mental. I was, like, taking everything, like, it was game seven of the World Series where, like, in reality, just, like, chill out, have, like, you know, have fun playing baseball with, like, some of my best friends. And, like, that's all it was, like, at the root of it. So I would say that was the biggest thing. That's awesome. Uh, Honestly, like, you know, I think all of us have played baseball and, you know, been a part of it, not as much as you have. You know, you're going to be a professional now. But um, one of the things that I wanted to ask you, as a pitcher, um, you know, what 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 is your goal to develop into? Like, if you make it, you know, uh, when and if you make it uh, to the majors, you know, what what type of pitcher are you looking to be, like, uh, in in the grand scheme of things? What would be the ideal focus based off of your skills? 
I mean, I want to be a starter. I think like I worked on being able to throw four pitches for that reason. And I started at school. I mean, I started for the last couple of years. I know like going through it, like there were some people that I was talking to that said like, I'd probably be a reliever. I, you know, maybe, but I mean, I wouldn't be, someone told me like, Hey, you know, we're going to pick you and we're going to put you on a team as a reliever. I'm not going to, you know, say no. (laughs) Yeah. Get out of here and, and say no. Um, but I think like the goal would be to to make it as a starter. I think like I enjoy starting. I think I can start personally and like it's what I've been doing. It's what I'm used to and it's kind of what I've trained to be. So I think that would be that's the goal for me is to to start and start the, the big league level. I mean, Matt, you know, I have a long way to go, um, but that's the like the long, long term long goal. Right. right. So just like one quick question out of the four pitches that you already have been working on what's your favorite and if you could add a fifth pitch what pitch would you want to add that's a good one I would so my favorite's definitely my slider mm-hmm. um if I could add one that's tough I, I'm between probably like I would say a cutter I think um mm-hmm. I would try to add a cutter something I tried to do in the past didn't work out well it was okay but I just never really used it that much I guess. But now you have oh, yeah. the time. I, I think you can work on it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. If I could add a cutter, I think it would work well, like, off my fastball and help my slider out a little. So maybe, okay. I'll, maybe, maybe I'll get to work on that. Nice. I hope so. Um, my last uh, question that I have here is more so geared to your time uh, with the Tigers so far, I, I, though minimal. But, um, you know, if you do uh, make it to the show, um, what are some of the young Tigers players that have just uh, been coming up, you know, like Spencer Torgelson or Riley Green that you're hoping to play with at some point at the, le- at the big league level? Or is there someone else that you know within the organization that you're friends with that you want to play with at the big league level? Um, I would just say like a lot of the guys in the, in the draft class here, um, I mean, there's a lot of them, but I think the it's like a good group of guys like that can be leaders on the team in the future like I think that there have been like some changes they want to make and I think that the group that's here is a good group to do that so I think it'd be cool it's kind of like coming into college like my freshman year with like a group of guys in the same class and I think that we accomplish a lot of things there so it's similar to that where like you get here you get to know each other they're like the only guys you know and you kind of want to work through it with them so I think it'd be it would be like super cool to be like how you're almost like the freshman in high school together or college. And then like, next thing you know, like you're all the seniors, like starting on the, the varsity team or whatever. Like, I think like kind of like that would be cool if that could happen, you know, like the 20 guys you bring in or whatever. And like a good portion of us are, are there. I think that would be like the guys I would want to play with. I think that would be a pretty cool experience. That's awesome, man. And, you know, I, I wish you the best of luck in your start tomorrow. Appreciate That's going to be so awesome. Appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward you know, to it. Would you be going against uh, Justin Crawford tomorrow? He, he played. He played today against the uh, Tigers, but I'm not. I'm not okay. sure. Mm. There's like so many guys down here that they'll rotate days. Like a lot of our position players that just started playing, they only play like every other day or every couple of days. So uh, I, I don't know. Will you see Cassetti at all? Do you know or no? I don't. I don't think so. At least the rookie ball team. They only play like the teams that are like really. So we play the Phillies, Blue Jays, and Yankees. Um, so the Twins are like probably like 
their Fort Myers, so it's like two and a half hours, I think. So I don't know if we. Play. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, I think party, like definitely like down the, down the line though, if like low A, high A, like there's definitely, I think there's a way better chance because it's they're much closer. Mm-hmm. Might see so, Ryan McCarty. I think we had him on either last week or the week before. I don't yeah. remember. Yeah, I know he made his debut. Um, and they were playing. I mean, we missed him by like two days. I think I would have been. Oh. I would have saw it, but tough. Yeah, well, uh, Dylan, do you have anything else for him? Or uh... I don't. I don't think so. I guess one thing, super quick, Joe. Besides appearing on this pod, which has to become a staple of your pregame routine, uh, what else? <laughs> what else are you doing? <laughs> uh, before a game, I don't really do anything crazy. I usually. Uh, like meditate sometime before get like a good meal I don't like to eat anything crazy um, down here I gotta drink a ton of water and Gatorade because it's yeah. like a thousand degrees every day um, <laughs> but that's kind of it I think like pre-star I usually start throwing like 25 minutes before other than that kind of try to keep it pretty simple I don't try and like do too much do too many crazy things all right. Well, uh, I think that's uh, that's all we got for you today, Joe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, thanks really for joining us. You. Yeah. I yeah, really appreciate you hopping on here. No problem. I appreciate you guys having me on. Of course. All right. All right, Joe. Best of luck right. in the future. I'll yeah, see you. Good luck. Thanks. Bye. JT. All right. Huge thanks to Joe Miller for joining us. That was an awesome interview. Joe, best of luck. And uh, now we're going to open it up and talk some fills. We've got a big. Uh, Big Mets series this weekend. Three games in New York. Then next weekend, we got four games in Philly. And then we got the Reds sandwiched in between. So, I think out of our next 14 games, we have seven against New York and Mm -hmm. seven against Cincy. Perfect timing. You know, just as we move into second place in the wild card, we face Daddy New York. So, hopefully – I'm I'm nervous. Are you guys nervous? Are you excited? What do you guys think? New York does scare me a little bit because they have DeGrom back now. Scherzer's mm-hmm. been unbelievable. Bassett's been unbelievable. Uh, I think what's the other guy's name? Ty Lord, Ty, Ty Walker, and Carlos Carrasco. Ty Walker and Carrasco. Yeah, like all their pitchers are unreal. Uh, Pete Alonso is having a really good year. Lindor, even though the batting average isn't up, the RBIs are insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marte is having a great year, especially all around like every. Yeah, like all around, every every single guy uh, is having a really good year. And their bullpen, I mean, Edwin Diaz, I've seen him all over TikTok of all places. Yeah, Timmy yeah, Trump, Timmy like Trumpets. Playing the French horn or whatever that thing is. Um, oh. Yeah, but uh, I think hopefully the Phillies with uh, Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler and who else is going this year? Is it Gibson? Ooh, Rangers uh, no, no, or Rangers. Rangers tonight. It Ranger. is on Apple. Yeah, I think yeah. We're so. one and one on Apple TV. Fuck, yeah, on Apple, Apple again. Apple yeah. yeah, good. Yeah, but yo, Apple TV. Oh, Guess who's so not like, watching the game tonight? <laughs> I'm watching the game, bro. If you want to watch Ted Lasso, you gotta have uh, Apple Dude, TV. Apple man. does something with the picture. I think they do. You guys remember super quickly, like back in COD, where you'd be playing a mission, you'd do like a stealth mission, you'd go up behind someone and. Sk- like get him in the neck. I think they're doing that with like the cameraman from NBC Philly. Because for whatever reason, the picture is just so much better on Apple, and the angles are better, and it's like what yeah, the hell is going on. 
No Dude, offense, NBC. No, it, it is weird. But honestly, when it comes to the Mets, I wasn't too worried until the minor day-to-day Schwarber injury. Because, like, obviously we don't have Harper right now. So, like, Schwarber is that injection of power that we have besides Derek Hall. And – but Schwarber's just more – more consistent with uh with the power and like has more home runs but like any word on him tonight yeah no he's definitely not playing tonight he's not playing tonight at all like they they called that even yesterday so it's for sure he's not playing tonight i don't know about game two or game three i think that i don't think he plays at all this yeah i'm I'm with connor on this one i don't honestly I i don't think I don't know if it's three games or four games versus the reds but i'd be surprised if he plays four game three in that series too yeah, no, I, I think that this injury, because he said he's been dealing with it for two weeks, uh, and now that um, it just, like, tightened up a little bit, and they're just going to basically – they're going to treat it with the trainers and everything. That's what Thompson said in the post game. So it's like – Like they you know, should have done in the first place? Yeah. yeah, yeah like, just be like, hey, put some ice on your, you know, Achilles. But if it's one of those nebulous, like, worrisome injuries that it could be nothing, or it could be Anthony Davis with a calf strain all year, and it's like, wait, that the calf's where Achilles is. Yeah, we want to risk something. It's very scary. Like it could be nothing. He could just be back next weekend, or he could be gone. Yeah, I mean, I, back. I would be very happy if we just give him off this Mets series and the Red series, and he's back for the home series against the Mets. If that that would be like the best case scenario. If that's the if that happens, because like I feel like a calf strain is a little bit more than just like a day or two, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I think that it's going to be really interesting to see how this like outfield usually plays out because now you're going to have an outfield with you know Veerling, Marsh, and Castellanos. They'll probably um, because he's day to day, he's not going to be taken off the roster. But I think at most what will happen is you might see a Schwarber pinch hit somewhere. Probably well, played in the three. World Series with a torn ACL. Yeah. The toughness is an issue. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he is He is a tough player. Like, I, I have no doubt that he will be back very soon. So, it's just like, you know, what really is going to happen during this Mets series? Heard it going first to third against the Marlins on, like, Wednesday night. No. No, no, he said the next day. He said it's a swing, right? Yeah, he said it. He he said it was a swing and it just like kind of tightened up. But Mm. like the the thing was two weeks, it's been two weeks since it started. So it had to be like something aggravated that initial. Yeah, the it aggravated the initial thing. So it wasn't like something necessarily like caused this is like it's not new. Yeah. Is basically what we're saying, what he's saying. So, but at the end of the day, I'm just like hoping that he's back uh, as soon as possible because they definitely need him because, you know, when Harper was saying like, oh, mid to late August, he's going to come back. But now it's more like September-ish. It's like, it's dragging out. And now he's not even going to be playing right field. And the dude is most likely going to be getting Tommy John surgery, you know. Well, we knew it was going to be getting Tommy John at some point. Yeah. And I think that the expectation of him – Coming back to right field was more of a pipe dream. Uh, I, I do still believe it could happen because he was throwing. Now he's not throwing anymore. Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, he's got maybe two weeks before he comes back. Um, so I think 
I think uh, the beginning of September is realistic for Harper. Uh, I think maybe after he gets uh, a few games in a DH, they give him a shot out and out in uh, out in right field. Um, and then maybe there's there's also been uh, the thought or conspiracy, whatever you want to call it, that you know if Brandon Marsh isn't doing it in center, then Bryce has had the last basically the entire season off from playing in the field, like. Why not stick him in center? His legs have got to be fresh. His body's got to be in good enough shape. He could also that... catch. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> – I mean, it's true. He is really a catcher. Good, yeah. yeah. No, sorry. But, uh, no, I mean, it was just some things that I heard thrown around by some people. But realistically, uh, I don't think we see him in right field unless the Phillies make the playoffs, which they will. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but uh, Bryce back at DH, probably not going to happen until September. Uh, but at that point, rosters expand, so so no one's. I don't gonna even know if they. Yeah. Yeah, like they'll I, add I'm one more person. Though, oh, that Bryce won't be back until at least mid-September. I don't think we'll field because I don't. I don't no, he won't. Bryce not Harper at all. They can't already get said Tommy it. John, right? Like he can't do that and miss forever unless he gets it and he does some. Miracle recovery. I think he's going to rehab rest, maybe do some kind of adjacent middling, you know, arthroscopic surgery. If you can, you can't really do a surgery without doing Tommy John. If you have that torn UCL, I'm just worried that he won't come back for a while, right? Because he's like, oh, he's hitting off the tee. He's hitting off the tee last week, and then it's, oh, but he can't do a lot. And I'm worried that it's the rehab might, might just take longer than we think. I don't know. What do you guys think? I think the, um, just when it comes to possibly getting Tommy John, there are a lot of people who can, who say that they need Tommy John and they take the time to rest and rehab it and can. So, you know, Harper's had uh, the shots that he got back in LA during the Dodgers series early on in the year. He's been not fielding at all. He's just been swinging the bat. So that obviously has been feeling comfortable for him. The only thing that really happened was him getting hit in the finger by Blake Snell. And, you know, he's been out ever since. So I don't think swinging the bat is necessarily going to be a problem. And it's very possible that he gets the Tommy John surgery during the off season, or he might not get it at all. Cause there's a lot of people who can just like rehab rest and it goes. Depends if it's and it, clean yeah. in half or if it's just frayed. Right, exactly. <laughs> like exactly. for me, it was clean in half, and they're like, "Yeah, you're fucked." But like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's either way. Yeah, it, it it depends. It's it's either way, and it's going to really see. You know, is it just you know, kind of like a strain, a pull, frayed, and then you know, like there are levels. So depending on how serious the UCL is, um, will determine whether or not he has the surgery. But I don't think it'll happen till the off season, and I think that he may or may not like i know connor was saying like he might come back if they play in the playoffs he might be back in right field i don't even know if that'll happen to be fair i think he'll just be like permanent dh for the rest of this year i don't think we'll see bryce harper in the field throwing guys out from right field at home or at third base until opening day 2023 at the earliest center field yeah i mean throwing is throwing out Throwing guys out at home plate is definitely a stretch. I mean, just being <laughs> able to run and track down fly balls and hit your cuts is 
Like I'm talking like very, very, very Basic, fundamental, fundamental right field. Like okay, putting a kid out in right field for the first time, catch fly <laughs> balls, field ground balls. It's keep a step above what we've got, and which is cuts. hilarious. <laughs> it is, yeah, it is. It's like Cassianos. Have to be great. What do you guys think? I just wanted to get your thoughts on like worst case scenario. The Phillies get swept this weekend. I'm not trying to jinx us. What happens to our playoff chances? Do we actually start to slide? It doesn't feel real that we're in it this late. I think that um, when it comes to, like, let's say we have seven games against the Mets for the rest of August, right? For the rest of the season. It's the last seven games. Um, Probably because we played them 42 times the first 45 games. Exactly. <laughs> let's say – yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Let, let's say the Phillies during those seven games go two and five. Let's say worst case scenario, one and six, two and five, something like that. I'm assuming they will get at least one game. I'm hoping to God they get at least one game. But like the reality is if they get only one or two wins during during this seven game set, um they'll probably be hovering around 74 to 75 wins by the end of August if they win every other game. Like, because the the people that they're playing is, you're playing the Reds like seven times, eight times this month. And you're also playing uh, the Nationals. Arizona too. You got Arizona too. Yeah, you have Arizona as the last three games before the September 1st uh, uh, call-up. So... Is that in AZ or what? Is that out in the desert or is it here? Uh, I believe it's home, uh, which makes it even better. But it depends, you know. I think the Phillies have actually been better away at times, but no, no, it is out in the desert. That's their big away. Remember that to last start. year, around the same time. Yeah, because they have the big home stretch. Yeah, they yeah, played the when Pirates the again. Shit started. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but yeah, so they have the Mets series next weekend at home, and then it's like the 22nd to the 28th of August is all sequential, like back to back games, and it's Reds, 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 Pirates, Pirates, Pirates. So it's like that's seven games of shite teams that need to, you know, they just need to win those games. That's like you need to get seven wins right there. That has to happen, like without a doubt. Arizona, they have some decent pitching. I can see where they might lose one game in that series. Hopefully not. They should sweep the Diamondbacks. But, you know, other than that – I also am at the point where I expect the Phillies to win every single game. Yes. But then you have games like last night where they load the bases in the ninth inning. And uh, what was it? Sosa strikeout. Mm -hmm. Someone else. Stott strikeout. No, Veerling struck Veerling out. Struck right. out. Right, and yeah. then and then uh Veerling strike out and then and, Marsh, and Marsh like, grounded out, out to first base. Uh, yeah. Great. Right. The the crazy part was all three of those guys worked the at bat to get like they, they so like worked stole. A great at bat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it, was, like, it was like ten pitches. Forty pitches in the ninth. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. I was like, I was like, you know what? Because like I was pissed that they took Stubbs out of that spot. But the thing is you know, by the time he got – it was bases loaded, no outs. Lefty on out. lefty, slider pitcher. I was like, you know, this might work. Yeah. Like, Sosa might get, like, a little, you know, slap single to just, like, move one guy or even get walked. 
Um, because the last pitch that he swung at, he would have been walked if he let go. Mm-hmm. We would have at least yeah. gotten that run and it would have at least, you know, gotten something. If he had just been a little more patient on that last pitch and just let it go, I think the game would have went differently. So I don't know. I think that uh I think that that was where like everything went downhill as soon as Sosa missed that last pitch. So I think we got uh, about five more minutes left. Uh, just curious about what you guys think of the Braves so far. Like, are they catchable or very easily? They're... Yeah, very easily catchable. I think that you know when it comes to the end of the season, the Braves do have an easier schedule as well as the Phillies if you will. Um, but they also have some really tough matchups thrown in there too, more so than the Phillies. And I think that the Braves are easily catchable because I don't think that they're a complete team. As much as people like like to say that they are, I think that they're very catchable. I think that their pitchers are getting a little bit more found out. Their rotation is not as good as it was in previous years, especially last, not last year, you know, um, the bullpen is, eh, it's okay. And a lot of their hitters, like, I mean, Marcelo Zuna's hitting like 215, 217. He's been know, shitty he, all year. Yeah. He it hasn't seems been like, great. And they, well, and they tried to move good. him. They tried but to they, move him. They tried to move him. They actually tried Apparently, there was a deal between them and the Marlins so that the Braves could get Avisel Garcia and they would He's send Marcel back. Yeah. Hmm. But, like, that, that's what they, – they, they just wanted to get rid of him and his contract. So it was, like, it was a whole thing. Um, but, you know, it didn't pan out. The Marlins didn't agree to it because, you know, the Marlins don't want to pay for that. They don't want to spend money. Um, they also don't want like a domestic abuser on their team. So and they already have them. So they, they know what they're getting. Yeah. They, they know what they're getting good. when he was good. Exactly. exactly. He was part yeah. of one of the best outfields at the time, you know, it was that, much it, like the KD Harden Russ thing, <clears throat> Miami team. Oh yeah. Could. Yeah. It was, it was, the, it was the Stanton Yelich Ozuna outfield. That was elite. Like dude, they had JT on that team. They had Jose yeah. Fernandez. Yo, yeah, R.I.P. Jose Fernandez, D. Gordon, D. Gordon. D. Gordon. yeah, good D. Gordon, yeah, like prime legit. D. Gordon. They had prime Justin Bohr and you know uh, Miguel. Uh, was it um the guy? Who's the guy that like always kills the Phillies every time he comes? Rojas? Rojas, yeah, Miguel Rojas, dude. Like they actually had like a really set team. The only thing that they didn't have was a bullpen, and that's why they only won like seventy nine games. That was like they couldn't even get to 500 with a bad bullpen. It was very much so like the Phillies of old. Um. <laughs> Did you guys feel like, because I felt like even, you know, we took two out of three, we should have won three. It was definitely a statement series against the Marlins. And then two, what you were saying earlier, you know, they have to keep beating bad teams. And Connor, I don't know if the Braves are catchable. I don't think they're as indomitable as they seemed last year. It's still very good, but maybe it doesn't matter. You know, if we end the season and we're, a game back from them, but we were two games up from the Padres. Like, if we can secure somehow that second wild card spot, I think that would be huge. Yeah, I I agree. But, like, you know, the Braves right now are only three and a half games ahead of the Phillies. I, I think that that's very catchable. Oh, yeah. And 
so like right now I'm um, I'm looking at the the Braves schedule for the rest of the month. They're playing Houston. They're playing the Mets next week right before the Phillies. They're playing the Astros right after that and they're playing the Cardinals. So it's like they have a much tougher end of August than the Phillies do. So the Phillies very much so could tie the Braves if not get like a half a game to a game lead on them by the end of August if they win the games that they're supposed to win and actually, you know, snag a couple wins from the Mets. Because the Mets are really their only like significant opponent that they have to really worry about at the end of the day. How many games do the Phillies have left against Atlanta? Do you know? Uh, yes, I can tell you right now. So the Phillies have uh, – oh, okay. So they have four, uh, seven games left against Atlanta, and they're all in September. Mm. So okay. the interesting thing is from September 16th to September 25th, they're playing Atlanta, Toronto, and then Atlanta again. And then – they play the Cubs and the Nationals for uh, seven, so seven games, which are some wins. But then they end the year in Houston against the Astros for a three-game set. A ringer. Yeah. So, like, that's that's the that's the one thing that I'm like, unless the Phil- the Phillies need to be at least three games up in a wild card by then. <laughs> Uh, like three and yeah, a half. So you have a little up. buffer room. So, so you have buffer room just in case the Astros end up sweeping the Phillies. But the thing is, the Phillies have notoriously actually been pretty good with the Astros. They usually do well against them. So I think that the Phillies might snag at least one, maybe even win the series against Houston in Houston at the end of the year. It depends because Houston's pitching has been a little rocky as of late. So it might already be like clinched too. So that might just. Yeah, they you might know, be clinched. They might just team out. exactly. So it's Imagine very possible that that's the case. I mean, like, dude, they're like they're they got like an eleven and a half, uh, like ahead of that's the Mariners. City, well, everyone else right? in the AL West is terrible, except Seattle for yeah, except for Seattle. Not yeah. not great. They're in a wild card, I think. Yeah, they uh, are. They suck. Yeah, and Texas is suck. bad. Texas is extremely disappointing. Every yeah, the, year. O- the only yeah the only above five hundred team in that division is the Mariners, but the other divisions like I mean the AL Central is just like I don't even know what to make of that. Um, yeah, isn't it the Twins and then like four below five hundred? Well, teams? no, the Guardians, the White the, Sox, the Guardians are in first right now by a game and a half, yeah. and they're ahead of What's Minnesota, like forty and seventy. <laughs> no, fifty nine and fifty two, and they're in first place. Yeah. The Phillies have a better record than everyone in the AL Central and the NL Central, yet the Phillies are in third in the NL East. It's like uh, baseball is such a interesting game when it comes to that stuff, especially. But now with the expanded playoffs, it kind of like helps a little bit upset that. But wild wild standings like the only the only divisions i think that are pretty set are probably the al west in the al east and then the nl west i think everything else you know i don't know about the mets mets could have like a very 2007-esque collapse this upcoming month 
Um, they have a pretty hard uh, finish to the season as well. Uh, the Mets have to play like yeah the <laughs> the Mets are playing Atlanta, the Yankees, the Dodgers, um, Milwaukee, all before Bones, future team. Yeah, before all before uh, the end of the season. So it's like they still got they still got some very challenging games uh, ahead of them. So. There it is. Yeah, there it is. So hopefully, you know, Phillies can take at least two out of three in New York this weekend. That's the goal. A big, a big thing. Connor, do you have anything else? No, I think uh, we're ready to wrap up here. Shout out to Joe for joining us. Yeah, shout out to Joe Miller, man. He was awesome. Cool. Thanks, guys, for listening to the pod, as always. Yeah, this is 215 Seamer. Yeah. Appreciate all seven of you. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs>